Hello, my name is Chris. I'm head of content for Nordic Fintech Magazine, and today we're going to be talking about InsureTech. But before we start, let me just ask you, what is the best way of getting rid of the hidden fees problem in insurance? Well, according to our guest today, that's simple. Just get rid of the fees altogether. So as you can probably tell, there's exciting changes happening in the insurance space. And we recently had the amazing opportunity to sit down with Sophie Borg-Grimbeck, who's the CEO and co-founder at Ondu. Now, Sophie has a, a very interesting background as a molecular biologist and brain scientist, previously working in consulting and with no prior experience in insurance, she was able to basically approach the industry with a fresh pair of eyes. In this chat with Sophie, we hear about how she and her co-founders basically built an insurance company from scratch by going back to first principles and trying to understand what it was that customers, especially the younger ones, were looking for when buying insurance. Their findings, resulted in a brand new value proposition that challenged the traditional insurance business model by doing things like removing fees, enabling customers to build their own insurance packages, and also allowing policyholders to change their coverage as their needs changed. I think that this approach to insurance based on flexibility, on transparency, and on fairness will probably leave you wondering whether your insurer is the best choice for you. Uh, so, Sophie, it's uh, great to meet you. Thank you so much for coming down. You're welcome. Um, so, before we start, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you, who, who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm Sophie Borg-Rundbeck, and I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders at Undo, which is a Danish tech startup that deals in insurance for consumers. Right. Um, my background is a little bit untraditional. I used to be a molecular biologist and a brain scientist neuroscientist, uh, but I changed into the, to the startup world and, uh, and started Undo about four or five years ago with a few other entrepreneurs. Right, and, and can I ask, uh, in, in, your, in your case, what drove you to go from molecular biology over to insurance? What, what was it that... Well, I mean, it wasn't a direct jump, so uh, I was um, uh, a management consultant for four years after I was a scientist uh, at uh, Kratz and that's where I sort of got into the to the business world and I also did some some more digital product related uh, projects with the, with Lego especially and uh, I just wanted to work more with digital products and that's how I came into the startup world so what it was like a gateway gateway drug to uh, right. to uh, entrepreneurship yes. Wow, that is quite unconventional. Indeed. I know, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> right, well, um, tell us a little bit about Ondo. What does it do? What is main, what's its main value proposition? And how does it differentiate in the market? Sure. Um, so we, uh, we started out with the idea of going in to um, challenge the incumbents when it comes to insurance for the younger demographic. We felt that there were uh, some, that there was a part of the market, the 20, somethings, the 30-somethings, who had some expectations for products like insurance that just weren't being met in the market. Um, you expect that things are digital, that you can self-service, that there's transparency, and that there's flexibility. And we just didn't feel that the products in the market could meet that. And coming from um, the tech world, we felt that even though we didn't know anything about insurance, any of us founders, which was a little bit crazy, we still felt that we could go in with a different approach, just starting with 
um, digital, transparent, flexible, all these being the obvious given ones that we would work from, and then build up um, a customer value proposition and a customer experience around insurance that would be really differentiate us in the market and, and would allow us to take, take this market share. Right, and, and as I understand, uh, Undo is is not an insurance company, it's, it's an agency. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's kind of like, I guess, with a lot of fintech uh, that you need a, a license to sell insurance or to sell mm -hmm. banking services and so on. And I mean, the journey to getting an insurance license, if you're just a startup, is incredibly long and, and hard and takes a lot of capital. So few startups would be able to, to go that down that path. So we instead uh, went to some insurance companies when we started out and we said, how would you like to be our, the license for our product? And, uh, and Truck, luckily, were, were up for it. So uh, we've had a partnership with them since the beginning. Right, and, and is there a particular problem that Undo solves for the traditional insurance companies that cause them to say, yes, let's, let's partner up? Well, only their, um, I guess, concerns about addressing this younger part of the, mm -hmm. of, the, of the market and also of having the solutions that will really drive the market 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Right. So they believe that we may come up with solutions or project, products that, uh, that uh, will kind of um, show part of this digital path for, for the insurance uh, industry. Right, um, and in our in, this, in, uh, in our in our research of Undo, we, we we picked up that there's a there's a focus on on increasing transparency within 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 the insurance. So tell us a little bit about that. How does Undo um, increase the transparency towards its customers? Yeah, I, it's really something that was so important to us uh, from the beginning. When we uh, when we started out uh, Undo, we started out by going out and interviewing a hundred young people about insurance which was a crazy experience because no one wants to talk about insurance. Uh -huh. um, and what we found was that they really didn't understand the product. They didn't understand what they had bought. And we tried to get a step deeper and understand why was that? Like what went wrong when they bought the insurance? And we, some of it is of course that insurance is inherently a really complex uh, product, but there was also something around the whole buying experience and the way you interact with your policy mm -hmm. uh, that we felt really didn't um, conduct this transparency that consumers expect. So for example, it's really common that you call the insurance company and they kind of set up a package for you. Mm -hmm. They have packages that are pre-made that you buy. And what we found was that no one knew what was in the pa packages. So if you ask someone, oh, you have an info package, a home content package, they could not mention like that it covers fire, theft, water damage, all the things that it does. They simply didn't know. And that means that it actually makes it harder for the consumers to spot those situations where they might be able to use their insurance. Right. So we had people who had kind of the worst of both worlds. They would have some situations where they thought they could use their insurance and they called up the insurance company and were really disappointed because it wasn't covered. And they also had the opposite, like they had had um, accidents happen where they didn't realize that they could use their insurance, but it actually is covered. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a, a pretty bad product experience from a consumer point of view. Mm -hmm. So we set out to build um, a, an insurance buying experience where our main aim was that you understood what you bought, that you were empowered to actually put together the package, the, the coverages that you need and that suited you, um, but to make those choices for yourself. Um, and what that takes is to split a, apart those old packages 
which we don't have at all, and then just have complete transparency where you can see each coverage, what does it cost, um, and and then pick, pick and choose for yourself. So there's nothing, nothing set in stone, no rules, and you can just see the cost uh, of the individual coverages. That also means we don't have, there's like nothing extra being put on in the end. Uh, there's no hidden fees. Um, we actually don't have any fees. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a decision we made in the beginning because, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having fees for, I don't know, late payers or something. I think it's completely fair. But one of the things that um, that we saw that, that, that kind of created a, a distance between the users and the insurance companies was all these, all this like murkiness, all this concern like, am I gonna be hit by a fee that I didn't know existed? You know, is there gonna be uh, changes that I don't see coming? Like all these concerns. And again, we want to create that transparency. And sometimes it's easiest by just taking some really uh, extreme choices. So we just said, okay, well, the easiest way to remove people's concerns about hidden fees is to say, we don't have any fees. Right. So we just don't have any fees. Okay. Um, another thing is that as a consumer, you're kind of worried that the insurance company is going to be greedy and just try to like extract as much money from you as possible. Uh, and we thought about how can we really try to, first of all, help people to not pay too much, mm -hmm. but also signal that that's not the kind of company we are. So of course, the, the primary thing is that you put together your own coverages. So you never get something you don't need. But let's say that you sell your bike and you don't have the need for bike insurance anymore. Well, you pay monthly at Undo as you do most, most places, but if you then in the middle of the month go in and you swipe left on your bike insurance saying, I don't want it anymore, well, we immediately transfer back the, what you paid for the rest of the month. That might not be a lot of money. It's not like it's gonna make or break someone's economy, but it's a really important signal to send. It's like, well, you're, you don't have a bike for the rest of that month. We don't want you to pay for insurance that is not covering any risk. Right. The same with our travel insurance, um, as opposed to all other travel insurances in the market, all those annual travel insurances, uh, you don't pay when you're not traveling. So it's a tracking location-based insurance where it's free when you're in Denmark. And then as soon as you exit the, the country, actually already when you go to the airport, it pushes you and, and, and it starts up the, the travel insurance. Um, and then you can customize it to that trip. So you can like say, okay, this is a, a ski trip, so I need that coverage. Or I brought my seven friends, I'm just gonna add them all to the policies for, for this trip. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't bring my wife this time, I don't wanna pay for her. Again, you're kind of customizing and only paying for what you need. And you can also say, I don't wanna be covered on this trip. It's a work trip. I have my yeah. work travel insurance, so I don't wanna pay extra. So, you know, a travel insurance policy for my family in a, in a normal company, normal company, incumbent company, would cost maybe 1,500 crowns a year yeah. um, or 2,000. And uh, most of our, on average, our customers paid 50 crowns a year during Corona because, well, they mm. didn't travel a lot. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, there's a really strong value proposition there saying, why on earth would you pay for travel insurance when you're not traveling? Wow. That's, that's, that's really revolutionary, especially for an industry that I, I assume to that some extent benefited from, from the obscurity of the policies. And uh, so, so you're not only disrupting the, the, the service itself, but you're disrupting the business model. Yeah. Um, now, the question I have for you is, what were the main challenges of being a digitally native player in a traditionally analog industry? 
Oh, there are several. I think one of the problems we face is that there are just, there are only so many things you can change. So one of the things that's kind of the worst thing as a consumer with insurance is that there's all these uh, limitations to coverage, right? It's like you're covered, but not in the case of XYZ. And if we wanted to like completely disrupt this industry and just go in and say, well, we'll cover any type of damage in this category, our prices would be 10 times as high as anyone else's. We would never enter the market. So you kind of have to uh, change some things, but also accept that there are kind of some some rules to the industry that, that at least, um, in a, if you want to kind of have any kind of significant growth and really enter that market, are probably not the first first place to attack. But I mean, we were very ambitious from the beginning, so we are full stack in every sense of the word. So we have everything from sales to claims handling. We have a claims division in Undo in the company. Yeah. Uh, but we also full stack from a tech point of view. So we build our own core system, we build our own back office system, and we build all, obviously, our apps and web services. Yeah. So from the beginning, we kind of wanted to tackle the whole customer experience and see if we could improve um, every aspect of it, mm -hmm. which was like way too ambitious. I've regretted so many times, <laughs> but, but at the same time where we're at now, it's really great because it, I mean, you cannot make that travel product I told you about if you're not building this, the system yourself mm -hmm. because there's no system out there that will support it. Mm -hmm. You have to build the, the back office yourself because well, there's no claim handling system that's used to supporting that. Right. So it was kind of the the price of uh, of doing those bigger changes was to to really go go all in um, and uh, and just be be full stack. Right, and um, I'm I'm quite curious to to hear about your experience in in partnering up with with, with Trip, mainly because. I guess there's a, there's a very strong difference in cultures and in and the speed to market and in the way of doing things. So, so what's been your experience and what has been the, the main challenges in getting perhaps a partnership with, with an organization that look quite differently? Hmm. So, I mean, we are two separate companies and we're linked through this investor relationship and, 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 and this partnership. And we really try to just get the best of both worlds from each other. Mm -hmm. So what Trek can give us, which is just so valuable, is that expertise, that historical context, mm -hmm. that just means a lot when you're developing uh, products in something like insurance. Right. Um, so it's so valuable. And, and I think they have been really good at just trying to um, be helpful and, 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 and give us this expert knowledge without trying to go into the company and like mm -hmm. dictate anything, mm -hmm. but just kind of being that, that, that helpful investor that trusts our vision right. and trusts us to do things the right way um, and tries to help out. So I think the fact that they've had that mindset is what has really made it work work well. Right. Um, okay. Um, now there's, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk a lot about some of the trends that, that we're seeing in, in, in FinTech in general. There's two trends that I'm particularly keen to touch on. I think the first one is open data. So how is open data and the increased availability of data from customers uh, impacting uh, in the insurance industry and specifically on two? I mean, everything related to, to data is just so, so interesting from an insurance perspective. Mm -hmm. Because of course, insurance has always been like the most data heavy industry because you do have these big advanced risk models, which is how you actually price. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we felt was really interesting was to see how we could um, 
make better risk models or add value to that process with new um, data points. Mm -hmm. So for example, the car insurance that we launched last year um, actually has a feature where you can start a test drive mm -hmm. and drive around for three weeks with the app monitoring your driving behavior. So it sees how you brake, how you accelerate, how you turn, uh, whether you're using your phone when you drive. And based on those three weeks, it gives an assessment of how good a driver you are. And we use that in the pricing. So instead of traditional car insurance, which takes like your age and where you live mostly, and just says like, okay, mm -hmm. you're 23 in a whole, we think we know what kind of guy you are. This It's gonna be expensive. Uh, we take the different perspective and say, you know, prove to us that you're a good driver and we will give you the corresponding price. Right. Um, so that's a good example of how you can take these new possibilities um, um, with, for example, telematics and just turn it into a big advantage for the user. We have always had a really big focus around privacy uh, in Undo and have we spent a lot of time thinking about how to protect users and how to ensure that they do stay in control of their data and uh, and that it doesn't become some kind of like monitoring or tracking experience that no one would like. So I think, for example, this test drive, at least from our experience with the with the, the customers we have now, is that it's properly striking that balance well, because we're really careful to make it something that's to the customer's advantage mm -hmm. and that's sort of limited in scope and very much under their control. So they can like pause it or stop it. And, and, and there's a lot of um, control that we put in their hands. Right. But at the same time, it's actually, well, maybe making people drive safer. At least that's what we hear from, from people's spouses. <laughs> but also, of course, enriching our knowledge of, uh, of, of risk profiles and, and making us better insurance provider. Right, so it's a much more precise way of, of quoting uh, customers, right? Yeah. Right. Um, now, the second trend I want to talk about is uh, embedded insurance. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how is Undo thinking about embedded insurance and what are the opportunities that you see with this, this new technological uh, trend that we see in the market? To me, it seems like there's kind of two approaches to embedded insurance. There's those that really want to move far away from being a traditional insurance company. They kind of never want the customers to know who the insurance company is, mm -hmm. but just be more like a B2B player that enables uh, other companies to have an insurance aspect to their product. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds interesting, but it's far from our business model. We, we want to have that customer relationship. We want to, them to feel that we are their insurance company, that they can call us for help. So we are more thinking about how we can just add in convenience by embedding ourselves in, in other flows. So, for example, we have a coverage for holding, you know, the helmet that pops yeah, when yeah. you fall on your bike. And when you buy um, when you buy a holding helmet, you can um, add on uh, an undo insurance for that as you buy it. Um, but you are sent into our app. Like, we still want to own that relationship. So. Holding is not the customer, the customer is the customer. Right. Uh, and uh, I think that's just two different um, strategies when mm. it comes to embedded insurance. But I know there's a lot of new players who's kind of going all in, um, but that's just not not our approach. Right, that's quite interesting. So now I, I, I'd like to get your your take on what's what do you think is the, the biggest opportunity that hasn't yet been tapped for, for InsureTech? One thing I think is really exciting about uh, insurance and InsureTech is to think about new 
insurance products that don't exist today. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I think about when I'm biking home on my bike. Right. Uh, there are so many risks that we're facing um, today where you kind of have a big risk as a private citizen that is not covered by the state and is not covered by insurance today. And I think it, it's just really interesting to I spot things all the time where you could go in and, and create an insurance product. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to find like the perfect <laughs> business model, but I just kind of like that mindset of thinking of insurance as kind of that extra extension of the welfare state, where we are just we do just all have some risk that's not covered by by the welfare state, but that uh, that insurance companies go in and cover, right? Like fires and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and the world is developing, and so are those risks. But the insurance products kind of look the same as they did uh, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think with um, you know our digital life or the way the we uh, invest or whatever, there are so many ways that you could go in and kind of address the risks that just didn't exist back then. Right. And and could I ask maybe can you give us a couple of examples of some of these risks that are not being covered by? Uh... It could be anything from something very modern like uh, digital life. How much? A lot of us are spending online or you know nfts or whatever there's a lot of people are spending a lot online and those um, products are not really covered by traditional insurance it could also be things like your wedding you know a lot of weddings cost a hundred thousand crowns mm -hmm. why shouldn't that be um, insured in case it has to get cancelled or the weather is bad right. um, you know that's the cool thing about insurance that's kind of the there is you can think of a lot of examples of things where you can go in and make a product Okay, that's quite interesting. So if, if I were to ask you, what do you think the insurance industry would look five years from now as we see the rise of insured tech and, and disruptors like Undo taking onto the market? There are so many uh, insured techs in Europe, in Europe now, so I think we're getting close to that critical mass mm -hmm. where the consumers will start to expect more digital experiences. Um, and I think also most uh, incumbents are, know that and are really trying to address it and are going through that, that transition. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, surely, I'm sure the whole industry will kind of come to a new standard uh, of, of digital experiences. The one thing I'm not sure about is um, how many insurtechs we will see. So, like I said before, there's really some barriers to entry when it comes to, to insurance. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen other B2C uh, insurtechs uh, grow while we've been around for these last four or five years in Denmark. So it, it's just, it's a very, it, it's a little bit of a, of a stale area for, for startups uh, when it comes to, to B2C. Right, and, and what can we expect to see from Undo uh, in, in, the, in the, let's say, two to three years from now? So right now we are in a, a pretty crazy growth phase. So we uh, have around 37,000 Danish households as our customers and that growth is looking really steep right now. So we will continue to, to grow our customer base and to develop our products and probably also look at some, some new products to add on. Right. Well, uh, with that, thank you so much for spending time with us. I think it's, it's fascinating to get this glimpse into the, the insurtech um, area because we haven't really seen a lot of it yet. I think we've seen a lot of the fintech space and uh, I think insurtech now is, is, is following on the steps of it. So uh, we're excited to see what, uh, what technology brings and, and how this area develops. Cool. So thank you Thanks. so much.